everybody, Pastor Chris here. Thanks for listening to our Market Street Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Jesus. For more ways to connect, visit us at marketstreetchurch.org. Adventure week was an adventure. If I drank Mountain Dew, I'd probably have drank three or four cases, but I don't. So, but it's truly a blessing. I'll tell you, it all came to a head on Friday when I was blown away by God and what he did. And I shouldn't have been, but I was. Um, I had the great opportunity to share the lesson with the kids. And we were talking about the first seven days and uh, I will get a day of rest somewhere in there. Um, (laughs) uh, But um, we were talking about resting and how God calls us to rest, and he wants us to enjoy life. And I shared with these kids that in order to fully enjoy life, that that we should have a relationship with Jesus. And we had 64 kids give their lives to Christ at day camp. Yeah, yeah, so, and that was just beautiful. Just such an amazing, an amazing opportunity um, to reach into these kids' lives. And so we thank you. As Andrew said, thank you for those of you that gave your time. Thank you for those of you that supplied food for all of us leaders during the midday that got us through to the end of the day. We are so, so appreciative of all of you. We are going to take a look, and I've titled this message, Holy Boldness. We're going to take a look into Peter's life and the boldness that he had because of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit moved in his life and what God did there. And if you know anything about Peter, you know the struggles that he had, that he turned his back on God, that he denied him three times, but yet there's this boldness that happens. And we're going to jump into that and talk about that. But before we do, I just want to share a joke with you that I heard. And um, yeah, yeah, you know, that's, that's what I do. So, um, you know, PC brings his, uh, brings, you know, certain, um, props and things, but uh, I like to tell jokes. So I heard this story about a couple who was going to the mall together. And as they got to the mall, the husband gently and politely reminded the wife that she had just cleaned out her closet and spent some several weeks doing it, and that it was best that as she was walking around to stick to the task and only get at the mall what she needed to, not to get any clothes. And so they talked about it. They went off on their way. He went and sat on a bench like most guys do. She walked around. She was looking in the window. And ladies, you know what happened? She saw this dress. You know that one dress that you just can't live without. So she says, you know what? I think I'll go in. Just have a quick look. She goes in. She sees the big red sign. 50% off and more. And she thinks, oh, no, no way. If this dress is 50% off or more, it's the Lord's will that I have this dress, right? So she goes in. Sure enough, she grabs the tag. She looks at it. Oh, my goodness, 75% off. I can't believe it. Oh, my goodness, what do I do? Well, she remembers. My husband said I probably shouldn't get it. So she says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to go and try it on. I'm just going to try it on, put it on, and see what happens. She puts it on. She ends up buying the dress. She's going, what am I going to tell my husband? What am I going to do? What am I going to tell him? So they meet up for lunch. She said, I got something to tell you. I bought this dress. I couldn't resist. And he said, what do you mean? He said, why didn't didn't you do what the Bible tells you to do? To tell the devil to get behind me. She said, 
this is the deal. I told the devil to get behind me, and he said it looked good from a distance, too. Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's that. Today, as we tap into holy boldness, and as we look at what it is that God has for us, you see God has a plan that's bigger than you and I can ever imagine. And as we tap into that, I want us to just open up our hearts this morning, and I'm going to go to prayer, but just tap into it. God has given each of us a call to something that's greater, that's bigger, that's above us, that takes a holy boldness to stand up and step into your calling. Some people did that last week. Coming to day camp was a huge thing for them. Some people just bringing food was a huge boldness and a step for them. It looks different for all of us. But I really want us to analyze our hearts this morning and ask this question. Have we truly stepped into this area of holy boldness where, where we can't do it on our own? We can only rely on Jesus and say, you know what? My boldness comes from you because the Holy Spirit is in me. Father God, this morning, as we just... Step into your word. I just pray you open up our minds, open up our hearts to what it is that you have for us this morning. Allow us to just hear your story and allow it to resonate and allow it to impact us and allow it to enter into our lives so that we can be a changed body when we walk out of here this morning. I pray all of these things in your name. Amen. We're going to be looking at the book of Acts, and um, just to give you a little brief summary, you can go back and read the first three chapters if you want to, but we're going to pick up, um, pick up the Gospels there, there in, in Acts chapter 1, and we see that Jesus ascended into heaven into Acts chapter one, in Acts chapter 1. In Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes and he anoints people. Peter stands up and preaches to a crowd. And 3,000 people were saved, and that, that number is generally just considered men, so it, it was probably more than that, maybe somewhere upward of 7,500 or more. Um, that would be a cool opportunity. That would definitely take some holy boldness to stand before 7,500 people and give a message. Um, that's a lot. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. All of the believers there, they form this community, and they form this pledge um, to follow the leadership of the apostles. And this is Acts chapter 2. Then in Acts chapter 3, we see Peter and John. They're headed to the temple for an afternoon prayer service. They come across this crippled guy who's a beggar. He asks for money and they say, hey, look at us. What, what do we have? We don't have anything. We don't have anything. We don't have silver or gold to offer you. But we have something greater. And Peter says to this guy, I mean, think about this. This, this is crazy. A crippled man all his life. Peter says, we don't have any silver or gold, but get up and go. Get up and go. And he got up and went. What? What is this guy going to do? That's not where we're going. That's a total another message. But I got thinking about this. What is this guy going to do for the rest of his life? All he has known is to be a beggar. And these men said, get up and go. In Jesus' name, get up and go. Be healed. The crowd gathered. Peter preaches a second sermon. This time he takes the opportunity to remind people that the man who was healed was healed by the power of Jesus Christ. 
And this begins trouble for Peter and John. He goes on to tell the people that what they did to Jesus was done in ignorance. And now they must repent for their sins and turn to God. This is happening in Acts chapter 3. Here's a man who denied Jesus three times and has the audacity to stand up and say, what you did to Jesus was done in ignorance and you must repent of your sin. That takes some boldness. And that's not just a boldness. That's a holy boldness that comes from the Lord. That's what we're going to tap into and in chapter 4, while Peter and John were talking to the people and the religious leaders, as they were arrested um, and held in jail, we're going to pick up where they left off the next morning. Uh, I also want to come back and interject that again now Peter has preached to some 5,000, maybe 10 to 12,000 people and led them to Christ twice now. Two huge opportunities. Um, I don't know about you, but I think I probably would spend a night in jail if I could have the opportunity to see some 10 to 12,000 people come to know Christ as their personal Savior. Um, I've heard a lot about jail. I don't ever want to be there. But <laughs> to have the opportunity to see 12,000, I was excited when 64 kids came to Christ. 12,000, oh my goodness. I don't think I would sleep a wink. So we're going to look at these next verses here. Um, in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, it says this. It says, The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Let's hold right there for a second. In some translations, it says other things other than this, but I like this. He saw, they saw their boldness. When you have a holy boldness that the Lord gives you, people recognize it. People see it. It can be very intimidating, let me tell you that. It can be very intimidating to others. I've, as a pastor, I've been in this position. I've seen people who have been intimidated by what the Lord has blessed me with. And I say that out of a boldness and reverence for him. It's his, it's his, it's not mine, it's his. And maybe some of you have seen that. Peter and John, again, Peter, I don't know how many of us, how many of you, I don't think I could do what Peter did to, to, to have boldly walked with Jesus, ready to cut some ears off, ready to kill people in Jesus' name for him, and then deny him three times, and then stand up and say, you know what you did was wrong. You're ignorant. Whoa. That takes a boldness that they see. They were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. When God calls you to something, he doesn't call you to know how to do everything all at once. He will train you and equip you along the way. When God called me into ministry, I said, this is a joke. Because when I would get up and speak in front of people in school, I would puke. It was disgusting. It was nasty. Nothing worse than being a fifth grade boy and throwing up on the girl that you kind of like in school because you have to give a presentation. That is the worst. That is the worst. I would take bad grades. I would take a lower grade to give a speech somewhere else, some other way, after school, any way possible. 
I was an ordinary man called by God. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. This has to be God. Because I can't speak in front of people. My tongue gets tied. I get sick to my stomach. Do I get nervous? Yeah, I still get nervous. It's a different kind of nervousness though. Because I am to be accountable to the Lord for the message that I bring you guys. God calls ordinary men and women with no special training. When God calls you and he gives you a holy boldness, you have to step into that calling. You have to step into that calling. I was given that opportunity as a young 18-year-old. I remember the day. I remember the moment. I remember the, the junior high workers that I was working with. The dreaded moment came. They're like, how are you feeling about all this? I'm like, yeah, it's been good. It's been a month. And they're like, okay, well, we want you to know in three weeks we're going on vacation and you're teaching the lesson. Oh, we're doing what? Yeah, you're teaching the lesson. You'll be fine. You'll do... I can't do that. I don't know God's word. You see, I'm the kind of, I was, I was the kid, I, I knew John 3.16 and that was about it. Seriously. I went to church here and there. I didn't grow up in church. Accepted Christ when I was 18. This was about a year later and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach. I'm going to teach out of God's word. I just started learning God's word. I had no idea. I was an ordinary man with a calling from the Lord. Many of us, all of us are ordinary men and women. We have a call from the Lord. What is it that we're doing with that? Can people see your boldness? That's the question. Can people see your boldness in life? Can they see it? Does it rain through, through and through? Does it come out? Do they see who you are? For me, holy boldness looks different. Like I said, um, doing an outreach event is, is, is great and it's something that we're all about here. My whole life is an outreach event. That's the content of the context of my life. My whole life is that. That's just how I live. Now I get it. Some people are like, I can't live like that. Everywhere I go, every person I come in contact with, I have committed myself to the Lord and said, you know what? If there's a conversation that needs to happen with this person and they need to know about Jesus, then you open the door for it. You provide the time. You provide the way. And it happens. And sometimes it happens at inconvenient times, but I have to be reminded that this is my life and this is what God has called me to, to step into that holy boldness, to show people the light of Jesus wherever they are, whatever the case may be. I don't always do it, but I do it when God prompts me. And part of that is being in tune with his Holy Spirit and having that boldness to do it. So outreach is, a, is an amazing thing. That's where I started in ministry. And you have to understand, that's how I was trained. I went on a mission trip to learn how to, to, to bring people to Jesus. And I knew one scripture verse, John 3.16. By the end of the first day, I was out talking to people and sharing the Romans road. And I had no idea even what I was quoting. I'd never heard it before, but God gave it to me. And, he, and that's what he trained me up to do. That's the holy boldness that I was called to step into. Some of you at a young age, you were given a calling by the Lord, but somebody kind of shot you down or shut you down and you took a step back. And you said, I don't know about this. You said, I don't know about this. Can people see your boldness? Have you ever felt like this? How many of you look at others around you and think, I want what they have? How many of you have ever, you can raise your hands. How many of you have ever looked at somebody and said, I'd like to have what they have? It takes work. It takes effort. Sometimes when I'm at the gym and I see these other dudes across the way and they got like, you know, all these lines and things going on. And I'm like, ooh, man, I'd like to have that. And then I know how much time it takes. And I, say, I don't like to have that. Mm -mm, forget that. I'm out. I'm out. It takes work. It takes time. It takes an investment. 
Have you ever watched someone go through challenges as a Christ follower and think, I wish I had the boldness that they had? For, for me, I experienced this several times, but one great time in my life, um, when my mom was 39, she found out that she had breast cancer. She had it for three months and she passed away. But she had a boldness from the Lord that was just, it, it puts a fire in me every day. Any day that I want to walk away and not follow Jesus, I'm reminded of what she did and her holy boldness. I can remember her pastor and all the elders being there. It was a, it was a time, it was, we were getting to the last days and they had called all of us family in to come to Tennessee and we were there and her pastor was there and all the elders and they prayed and we were praying and we, we just knew that at this point we were praying for comfort because there was no, there was nothing else. That she was going to enter the gates of heaven very soon. And he said, amen, and she started praying. And she prayed for every single person in that room and prayed for them because they had to continue on in their journey. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was laying on my deathbed, I'm not sure that I'd be thinking about everybody else in the room, if I'm honest. But she had a boldness to pray for each of us. She had a boldness to pray over me and my brother and my dad and, and everything. And it, it was just amazing to me. It was just amazing that she didn't have a fear. My mom didn't know the Lord very long. You see, she came to visit in June of that year of 2002. I gave a message at church on a Wednesday night. She accepted Christ back into her life and chose to live for him and lived a holy boldness that was crazy, crazy. She was on fire for the Lord until the day she died. Every nurse knew where she stood. Every nurse knew where they should stand. Everyone knew that she loved Jesus. What fears are you holding back? Why is it that we're afraid of the power of the Holy Spirit? Now, right now, somebody's thinking, oh, he said Holy Spirit. I'm not going to start swinging from a chandelier. I'm not going to pull a snake out of a bucket. Don't worry. Why is it? Jesus said, I must go so that one greater than I can come. That one greater than he is the Holy Spirit, but yet we're so afraid to tap into the power of the Holy Spirit. Why is that? Why is that we're afraid of that? The Holy Spirit moves in great and mighty ways. And the Holy Spirit wants to move in us in great and mighty ways. You know, I've spent a lot of time at camps, and I go every year to an awesome camp up in Brown City. And these missionaries, when they come in and I hear their stories and they talk about some of these very similar things and you hear about three, four, five thousand people get saved. And I begin to think, what is it that's so different over here, over there than is over here? I believe that these people are tapping into the raw power of the Holy Spirit. We're spoiled here. We truly are. You, there's a lot of things that we can not agree with or agree with or whatever, but we're blessed we are in a room, we are not in a cave or a hole right now with three or four verses and that's what we're going to study and that's it. And we have to hide those at that so we don't get shot and killed. Truly. We are, we are blessed. But I hear these others come and I hear these stories and I'm going, God, this is what we need. We need Christ followers who are willing to stand in the boldness that the Holy Spirit gives them and say, you know what? Yeah, I am telling you you're ignorant, but I'm right there with you. 
I denied Jesus three times. I denied Jesus seven times. I didn't know Jesus until I was 18. I didn't know Jesus until I was in my 30s or 40s or whatever the case is. You have a story, and God wants you to use that for his glory. But so many of us hold back and we're reserved because we're afraid of what? We're afraid of people that don't even know us, that we may never see again. What are we afraid of? We have to learn to tap into all that God has intended for us to have. The full power. I don't know if you've ever been out on a boat and some bigger boats and they got two motors and all this and there's a troll and you just kind of go real slow. And I thought, man, I remember being out on my uncle's boat and thinking, this thing's huge, but it's lame. It don't go very fast. Well, then we got out and we got out of the little the little channel that we were in, and we got out on the thing, and he opened that sucker up, and I'm like, "Woo!" My hair's like, you know, flying back. It looked like a cartoon. That was the full power of that boat. I mean, that thing was just cruising across. The t- there's, a, there's a boat in Florida. It's called the Sea Screamer in Clearwater. That thing is beautiful. I love that. I don't want to watch dolphins I wanna, because I, I get seasick going like this. I mean, that thing is screaming across the water, just, you know, going about 60 miles an hour. That's the way you're supposed to go across the water fast. It's good. That's the full power, full throttle. Whoa, here we go. Look out. And so many of us, we start out there, but then we back off over time and we get comfortable. We take a seat over here and we're like, I don't know. I'm good right here. You know, somebody kind of stepped on my toes or told me I was a little too bold or going a little too far. When you're in tune with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's what, what matters. I want to look at verse 14. It says this. It continues to go on. It says, And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they had nothing to say in reply. Let's go on. But when they had ordered them to leave the council, they began to confer with one another. Let's go on. Saying, what are we to do with these men? For the fact that a noteworthy miracle has taken place. A noteworthy miracle has taken place. Through them is apparent to all who live in Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it. But so that it will not spread any further among the people, let's warn them not to speak any longer to any person in his name. And when they had summoned them, they commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, make your own judgment. For we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. Here's this council, this group of guys. They see what's happened. They see a miracle. Everybody knows that this lame beggar, 
They know him. It, it's kind of like when you go into Target and you go to the back of the store and the direct TV guy's back there trying to get you to sign up for AT&T and you go a different way. Or maybe that's just me. I can't stand that. <laughs> I'm like, I don't need to hear your spiel. And, she, and I'm like, listen, I'm sure you can talk to somebody else about this. I don't want to listen. What you have to offer, you can't beat my prices. I promise you I'm telling you that. And I just keep on going. Or I just find another way around. This, this, was, this is the scenario here. This is the lame beggar. Everybody knows he's going to be there. You know, it's the same guy that sits on the corner eight mile in Woodward. You just kind of don't look at him, look down. Everybody knows who this person is. People are around. People are in the area. These two dudes walk up. Everybody knows. They've heard the stories. They had their Facebook of their time and Instagram and all that stuff. Word of mouth traveled real well. Here comes the, they just told him to get up. They said, oh, we don't have any silver or gold. Get up and go on. And the dude got up and walked away. You don't think people were talking about that? That was a big deal. Word spread fast. Uh-oh, what are we going to do? We just killed Jesus. And these dudes that are following him are now doing the same thing that he did. Oh, boy, we got some trouble. We got to have a meeting and figure out what to do with these dudes. So let's scare them and tell them, you can't do that anymore. But Peter comes with a boldness. For we cannot stop speaking. You're all right. For we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. They had a holy boldness and they said, you know what? Take my life. That's what it is. I'm here to preach the word of God. Jesus is the real deal. Jesus is the real deal. We speak boldly about what we believe deeply. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we speak boldly about what we believe deeply. If you worked at Ford, you believe in Ford. If you worked at GM, you are going to, man, you got to have it because of this reason and that reason. They might put the same chips in the same thing and it might, no, but you got to have this one or no, you got to have a BMW. You got to have a Tesla. You got to have this. You got to, we speak boldly about what we believe deeply. You got to wear Nikes. You got to wear New Balance. You got to wear this. You got to, no, you got to, we do. We speak boldly about what we believe deeply. The question is, what is it that you're boldly speaking about? What is it that you're boldly speaking about? I want to share a short story with you. In, in my life, uh, I, I had a missed opportunity, and I hate it every day. Um, God gave me the opportunity to speak to uh, my stepmom's sister. In 2003, my dad and stepmom got married, and my stepmom's sister, Kelly, and her son, Kristen, Christian, were there. She was 29 at the time. He was four. They were up for the wedding, and God kept telling me, talk to her and share your story. You guys have a similar story. She was a little older than me. It was weird calling her aunt because she was only like, eight years older than me, but we would sit outside and we'd have these conversations, and I never went there. I held back. I was kind of afraid to share my story of what Christ did in my life. 
So the days came and the days went and I kept just kind of pushing it down and, and just walking away from it and not tapping into it. And I wasn't listening. I wasn't obedient. And I missed the opportunity. And I was a little frustrated, but I kind of let it go. But in 2004, on May 9th, on Mother's Day weekend, I couldn't let it go. Because we got a call that there was a terrible accident in Maine and that Kelly and Kristen were two of the people that passed away in that accident, that horrible accident. For me, it changed my life. My heart was broken, but I learned that I needed to speak deeply and speak boldly about what I believe deeply. For me, I missed an opportunity that I was supposed to have taken that I didn't take with Kelly, and I don't know, I don't know today where she is. But I believe that God could have used somebody else in my ignorance. In my ignorance, by not listening and being obedient to him, I truly believe that somebody else could have stepped in. I'm not completely sure, but I missed the mark. I missed an opportunity to share when God called me to share. I was too worried about other things and what she might think. And, and truly, it was just sharing her my story. With, with, that's all Jesus said. Jesus said, share your story, share your story. And I never shared my story. What is it going to take for us to step up and share our faith in a bold and powerful way? And again, I know that not everybody's going to do it the way I do it. I don't expect that. And as I've grown in my relationship with the Lord and learned, I'm, I, I know that I'm a unique breed. I get it. I'm cut from a different cloth, the tablecloth mainly, because I like food. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, I'm wired differently. All of you are wired in a way that you can connect with people. I'm telling you what, Miss Peggy, she, I'm telling you, eat one of her meals or Linda's meals, you'll connect with Jesus all right. That's good stuff. That's a way. That's an avenue. That's a blessing. We all have different ways to do that. Our leaders that were there loving on them kids, as we say down south, bless their heart. That was a lot. That was a lot. Let's pray for them. That was a busy week. There were some days, whoo, there were some days I was real glad I'm done having kids. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and there were some days some of those teenagers were going, I'm never having kids that were helping out. So it was good. <laughs> The fact of the matter is we all have a different call. We all have a different call. It's going to look different for each and every one of us. What is it for you? For me, it took losing a family member to realize how important it is to share my story with others. So as you meet me, as we talk, as people get to know me, I'm always asking a story. I want to hear your story. Tell me your story. Whether you're living your life for Jesus or you're on the journey or you've been doing it for you know, 137 years and you're, you're about to catch Methuselah. I'm not sure. But either way, the fact of the matter is I love to hear your story because it's, it is. It is Jesus. Nobody can take that from you. And that's what I learned day one when I told my youth pastor, I was like, I don't know Bible words. I don't know these Bible verses. I don't know anything. He's like, you have a story, right? And I'm like, yeah. He said, well, share your story. It's that simple. And our story changes and it adapts over time. You know, after this whole thing happened, I remember sharing my heart with my pastor. And he did something so special. He took time to pray that God would give me a holy boldness. 
in my life. The boldness that I received was something like no other. It wasn't an arrogance. It wasn't a cockiness. It was like Peter. I can't stop talking about this. I'm not going to stop. This is what changed my life. Jesus. We speak boldly about what we believe deeply. What would happen if you began to pray that God would give you boldness? Have you ever prayed for his holy boldness? I don't know, that's scary. It is scary. It is scary. Because the fact of the matter is you have to rely on him. You have to come open-handed and say, take it, it's yours. And not grab a hold of it. Let it go and walk through the doors that he calls you to walk through. Walk through the doors that he calls you to walk through. He calls each and every one of us to walk through different doors in different ways and different avenues. He's given me many opportunities. And since that day, I've strived to take every one seriously. To tell my story, to tell why I love Jesus. And if Jesus built cars, I would drive the one that he made because I believe in him. We get so passionate and fired up about things that people don't know, they know what we're against. They never know what we're for. And we need to let them know what we're for, not what we're against. We all know what everybody's against, but what are you for? If you're for Jesus, then share that. If you're for Jesus, share that. Praying this prayer takes the focus off of us and it puts it back on God. It truly does. When I continued to pray, God, continue to give me your holy boldness. It took the focus off of me and what I wanted to do, and it put the focus on him and what he wanted for me in my life. These guys took a bold step that day. I'm sure they had the same decision to make that I did, and some of us. Jesus said, talk to these guys. Talk to this guy. Tell him to get up and walk. Are you crazy? What? Tell him to get up and walk. They knew he'd been sitting there all his life. He wasn't going anywhere. He was comfortable. But they did it. You see, we need to be willing to pray for a holy boldness in our lives. We need to be willing to pray for a holy boldness in our lives. In... Um, Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, it says, Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Jesus knew what Peter was supposed to do. Jesus knows what we're called to do. He has put a calling on our lives. We need to be willing to pray for that holy boldness. God's desire is for us to do more than warm these seats on a regular basis. If we think coming here and sitting in these seats on Sunday is enough, maybe it is for you, but I don't know about you, but I know when I get to heaven, I want to be as close to the front row as possible. I want to be in the holy spit area. Yeah, that's where I want to be. 
where my ears are ringing from the music because it's so loud. That's the place to be. Uh Uh-huh, what'd you say? Up there, it won't matter, see? I want to be as close as I can. I don't want to be in the back row. I don't want to be like the country song says. I don't want to be a back row sinner, given a second chance. I want to move up. I want to be as close to the front. When Jesus was speaking to Peter, he says, in one of the verses, he calls him Simon. His name is already Peter, and he says, Simon, Simon. I shared this the last time I preached. Simon, Simon. Satan is asked to sift you, but when you come back, go and tell your brothers. He calls him by his old name. Why is it that when people call us by our old name, that it shuts us down? Your old friends that knew you before you were a Christ follower, why is it that we get nervous around them? Why is it that we get nervous? They speak boldly about what they believe in. What about us? I've been there. When Facebook became a thing, I'm telling you, there were people who, if I could have seen their face, when they're like, hey, how's life going? What are you doing? I'm a pastor now. And like, we didn't have the little bubbles on the screen then. But if we'd have had them, oh boy. It took some time and some time. And then I'd get back. Wow. Got to say, I never really saw that one coming. I said, yeah, me too. (laughs) Me too, because here's the deal. When you're living in sin, if you do it right, it's fun. I'll be honest. It's fun. But living for Jesus is more fun. When God gives you a holy boldness to do what he's called you to do, it's not just fun. It's a joy. It changes your life. We have to be willing to come back or to come to the first time. When people call us by our old name, we can't get spooked by that. When people shut us down for doing what God's called us to do, we got to continue to press on, lean into it. I just think about it. If these two guys would have stopped right there, God's word would have changed. It would have been different. It would have been different. Completely different. Think about that. Two men doing the will of the Lord. If they would have, if they would have just walked on by, that story probably never would have made it in the Bible. It wouldn't have made it in. It wasn't miraculous. They did something that was miraculous. And maybe you're saying, I'm not going to walk by somebody, smack them on the head and say, get up and walk. Well, me neither. But if God tells me to do it, I'll do it. I hear this stuff happening overseas and other places. And if God ever calls me to do it, I'll do it. And here's how I know that I'll do it. So I, when I was young, and I'll wrap up with this, I had a blessed opportunity to hold a, weekly, a week-long prayer meeting at a church that was close by. It wasn't my church, but <clears throat> I was meeting, kind of like Andrew's doing with the young adults. I was meeting with a group of young adults weekly, and we were just coming together in prayer. And we said, on this specific day, we're going to do a prayer meeting, and whoever wants to come in can come in, and we're going to pray. Whew. This lady came in, and she said, I need prayer. I need prayer and I need healing because I'm going to have to go in for surgery on my eyes. I can no longer see great with or without glasses. There's not really anything they can do for me and I don't know what to do. And I had the blessed opportunity to pray with several other young people for this lady who went to this church that we were at. And when she got up, she took them off and she was healed she could see. That wasn't anything that I did. 
That was me being in tune to the Holy Spirit and saying, I'm going to do what God's called me to do. I'm going to pray for this lady, believing that God's going to heal her. Her pastor, this was toward the end of a week, later that, earlier than next week, he called me and, I, and he said, I just want you to know, I know how this thing can be crazy and people can, but you guys and your faith and prayer healed this woman. She can now see. She's been to the doctor and they don't know what happened, but her eyes are the age of a 21-year-old. Wow. Stepping into the holy boldness. Jesus says that upon this rock, he will build his church. What are you building? What are you speaking boldly about in your life? How is it that you're going to the next level? I know we hear this a lot, uh, and I didn't necessarily want to put it here, but I did anywhere anyway. Don't just go to church. We need to be the church. Don't just go to church. We need to be the church. We are the only Jesus that some people are ever going to see. This is it. Some of these little kids running around last week, I'm the only Jesus that they were ever going to see. And I pray to God that I did it right. Like for me in my life, Miss Ward, she was the only Jesus that I saw for many years and I still have the Bible that she gave me, bless her heart. She's long gone and living in glory. But I have that red King James Bible that she gave me. And every now and then I pull it out and read from it and look at it. She was the only Jesus that I had ever seen. And only once or twice a year. But she loved on me. And she showed me Jesus. What Jesus are we showing people? See, we got to stop just coming in here and warming the seats. If you're here and you're an oxygen thief, that's no good. If you're just taking up oxygen, sucking it up, that's not, that's not what we're called to do. We're called to have a boldness. As we move forward and we look to the future of the church, it's going to take a huge step of holy boldness. It's going to take a huge step. It's going to take us standing up in the right way, in the right way. Let me be clear on that. Standing up and letting people know what we stand for, not what you stand against. These guys said, I'm not going to stop talking about Jesus. You can try to shut us down, but we're going to keep doing it. So get it. Get it. Oh, and by the way, you're ignorant for doing what you did by, you know, hanging Jesus on the cross because now there's, you know, 11 of us and we're going to add some more to the pile. And, we, you know, I just, about 20,000 just got saved. So we're on the move now. Look out, here we come. You don't think that swept the nation? What if we stood as Christ followers? Not just here, all across America this morning, if every church and every person sitting in those churches chose to make this decision... It changed the world. Back. Not back. It would change the world in a way that none of us can imagine. Well, why don't we do it? Because we're afraid. We're afraid to tap into the power of the Holy Spirit. That holy boldness. We can't be afraid of that. The Holy Spirit is greater than Jesus, and He came to live in your life and in my life. And we got to stop trolling. We're out on the open lake. We got to stop trolling, man. Drop that big motor in and hit it. Let's go. 
Let the wind blow through your hair. If you don't have so much there, let it blow through your arms. I don't know. But it's time. It's time to take a stand and be the church, to step into that holy boldness. And so as the music plays quietly in the background, I want to give us an opportunity. I want to pray for you. But I want us all to close our eyes right now. And if you want specifically to be prayed, that that God would give you a holy boldness like you've never seen before with your eyes, everybody just close your eyes. I just want you to stand up because I want to pray specifically for you. If you've got boldness to stand up, you need to be prayed for in a great way, not in a bad way. I want to pray for that holy boldness, that God would give you the holy boldness to move forward, to, to step out of a comfort zone that maybe you've been in and to say, you know what? I'm going to be like Peter and John and I'm going to say, you know what? I can't stop and I won't stop. Father God, we just come to you right now and you, you see your people. You hear their hearts. You know their desire. Father God, right now, I pray for each and every person that's standing. I pray for every person that's, that's joining us live online this morning. I just pray for them as they're standing in their living rooms, as they're standing in a kitchen, or maybe they're standing in a diner, or wherever it is this morning, that, that right now, that your Holy Spirit would continue to fall on them, that you would fill them with your holy boldness this morning, like never before, that you would just tear down the walls, that they would not see the negative, that they would not see uh, the the arrows that are going to come at them, but that you would guard them from that, that you would give them that holy boldness like you gave Peter and John to step forward, to tell the crippled man to get up and walk. There are crippled men and women in our lives that we need to tell them to get up and walk and say, we don't have silver or gold. What we have is better. And we have Jesus and we can bring that to you. And so I just pray that for each person that's standing. I pray a wall of protection around them and their families as they take this bold step because they're putting a target on their back. We all are putting a target on our back. So Father God, protect us. Satan, I bind you to the pit of hell. In the name of Jesus Christ, away from this building, away from these people, you don't belong here. Go to hell where you belong. I bind you there. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Thank you. Don't just go to church. Go out there and be the church. You are dismissed.